people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. He's not good for you. The girl I love is going into that club tonight. What's going on, ladies? You have tickets? Duh. Well, can I see them? If I don't get in there, I could lose her forever. Yeah, because you're kind of a little bitch. Okay, don't say mean things to people. Where are your parents? My husband hasn't touched me in months. I would touch you all over eggplant emoji. Everyone's like really mad because I didn't post a black square. Why would you post something like that on Blackout Tuesday? My account was on auto post. It was a paid ad from a sponsor for a mud mask. So my wife is having an affair with an AI. Hi, I'm Chatbot. Do you love him? He really gets me. He created a dating app with an allergen algorithm. You may need to sandbag. You downplay your looks and your celebrity in order to attract someone who would love you for you. You want me to come to your party? Find me a date. How about her? She's wearing a KKK shirt. No racist, man. Let's meet for real. VR. I don't feel like I'm your priority. Nothing is more important to me than... So sorry, I gotta take Also in love? No, we're having an affair. Yeah, just started. Close enough. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with director Ellie Stamen and writer Justin Mizell, who are the creative forces behind the new comedy, Love Virtually. The film is now available for purchase or rental via most of your standard streaming platforms. So go on out and check it out. And I hope you enjoy this interview. How do you guys know each other? And and how did you start to work together? Yeah, we've, we've been friends for, for a bunch of years. Cheston was working on a documentary a few years ago with his wife. And they brought me in, in the sort of later stages to help with the editing and to get it over the finish line. And at the end of that documentary, I, I was like, hey, what's our next movie? What are we doing next? And Cheston does not come from a filmmaking background. He's a filmmaker now, but does not have a, and he's like, I'm never making another movie again. And then the pandemic hit and we were both stuck at home, bored, trying to figure out what to do with ourselves and started throwing movie ideas out based on what was going on in the world and how everyone had migrated to the internet and to a virtual digital medium and the ideas grew from there how did the actual writing of this take place did you say okay one person takes on the virtual stuff one takes all the actual stuff or how did you actually 
pair up for this one? We did some outlining and we did some graphing because there's a lot to keep track of with, because it's an ensemble and everything is very neatly intertwined. Outlined, did some graphing so we could figure out the through lines and the spine of the story and how everything connects. I would take a scene, you would take a scene, then we would check each other's work. Sometimes we would sit and we we work things out together. But me, I think brunt of it was us talking out ideas and being like, oh, this is a funny scene. This is what should happen in this scene. This is like what should get there. And then there was also, I think we also did our own thing at points where it was like, all right, this is the objective. Let's see where this goes. Or let's just like freestyle and see what comes out on the page. But there was, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of kind of rewriting each other's work. You talked about how the pandemic really helped with this project, but when did you actually shoot this? October 2020. It was early on in the pandemic, and then it took a really long time to animate and to do all the, there's a ton of VFX in the movie. And even just the editing process was like, was a really tricky, complicated edit just because it's a lot of actors working off of a script supervisor or me where they're reading with somebody else and then splicing performances together because there are all these Zoom conversations, phone conversations, a lot, of, a lot of screens. So it was a very tricky edit to get right. It took a lot of finessing and a lot of editing and reshooting to, to, to really get it to where it is today. Can you tell me a little bit about the animation and who you worked with for that and how you worked with them? Once we decided that we're doing this and we decided we're going to we're going to do it in VR, we had no clue what we were going to do about animation because it's not like we had a big animation budget or anything like that. I found someone in, you know, in LA and just was going to go nowhere. Next thing I know, I'm, I'm researching. I bought a computer. I started playing with Unreal Engine. I started playing with some software called iClone. Started making avatars. Found some environments in the Unreal Marketplace. Next thing I know, I bought a mocap suit. I'm directing Ellie in the basement, you know, in my basement, acting out all the scenes. We had performances from the actors, his voice performances, voiceovers. And we really together, you know, put all that together. And I stayed up very late nights hacking together these scenes. And then fortunately, once I had hacked together like 32 scenes, I think there's 35 animated scenes. So it was all except for about three of them. We actually tried to work with other animation companies. We finally found one. I woke up one morning and I just saw on YouTube someone who used the same software I had used. I called them up. I was like, listen, we need someone who's going to do the cinematography, the lighting, who's going to upgrade some of our avatars, do facial animation, clean this stuff up. And so they basically took what we had put together with Bubblegum and Band-Aid and made it something watchable. And these guys, High for the Future in New York, they did a great job. I'm very happy. But it was a lot of crazy hours and at least getting the scaffolding of the animation done ourselves and then finding someone to help us get it over the finish line. When did you guys actually have picture lock on this? We finished editing the film like more recently in the past few months. So we added scenes and things like that, subsequent screenings and things like that. So it was really a long process. Yeah, I was wondering what your test screening process was like and what kind of feedback you got while you were making this we did a lot of friends and family one then we did when we thought we were locked we had a bigger friends and family one in la and that we got some people really liked it some people didn't like it at all and then we did another test screening we actually with the test screening company but we were quite happy with the audience and we recruited and that was a whole other thing but we got 
enough information, especially from the earlier ones, to see what wasn't working. And that's really what it comes down to. You're always going to have people who aren't going to like it, especially if you're doing comedy, especially if you're doing satire. But what we really need to know is what's working and what's not working and where are we not really delivering. And I think it was helpful for that. And that was everything from showing family members to a little bit larger audiences. One of the things that we got from the second test screening was really intricate data about why people didn't like it and why certain groups didn't like it. And what it came down to was that people were just offended by certain things that we did. And it was valuable data because in some ways I was like, all right, this is, I know why this group isn't going to like this or why this age range is not going to like this. And then I was like, and we need to double down on the things that they're getting upset by. We actually didn't, we didn't cut any jokes. We weren't like, oh man, that didn't test well. So maybe, maybe one or two jokes, but it wasn't because it didn't test well. We just didn't think it served us really. Did not bow to the, oh, we're offended by this. And therefore we got to tame it. It was just like, all right, you're offended by it. Cool. We're going to put it in the trailer now. So. That, that was the mentality was, uh, was if you don't like it because there's a story issue or because it's, you don't understand this or whatever, great. But I'm not, I mean, this is a comedy. I'm not like, we're not submitting to anybody in, in that way. Was it all to do with mud masks? That was part of it. There was another, everything is, there are tons of jokes that are going to rub all kinds of people the wrong way. There was someone in the test screening who was really sensitive to to any talk about COVID because she had lost a family member to COVID, which obviously it's, there's like a sensitivity, but so we can't make a movie. Like there's, it was stuff like that where it was just hypersensitivity. A lot of those types of people in the audience that were just hypersensitive. And so it, it was valuable data in that way. So what's next for the movie? Where is it coming out and where can people see it? People are going to be able to see it on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, DirecTV, Star Dish, Voodoo Fandango, and really all the cable VODs, I think, picked it up. So it's going to be anywhere that you can rent or buy a film, you'll be able to find this probably on November 7th. It's pretty widely, it's going to be widely distributed for rent and purchase on November 7th. So Justin, Ellie said that were done with movies after your first one, reticently made this one. Do you have the bug now, or is this your last feature film ever to be made? No, you know what? I would say that given the fact that Ellie and I have already written a couple other scripts and we've put the foundation to, to have our own projects going forward. Yeah, hopefully if this one if this one takes off and it's appreciating, if we can find some backers who want to back us, yeah, I'll probably end up making another film despite the fact that it's probably not a good idea, but neither was this, so we did it anyway. I had a great time watching this, and I did appreciate just all of the ensemble. And That's going to be a little difficult, like you were saying, just knowing where all your characters are, and especially when they all come together at the end. That in itself is very difficult. It gets even more difficult when people are ad-libbing, actors are ad-libbing to no one. Then we need a response from other actors two weeks later and so tracking those performances and figuring out i know he's i think he said that thing so i need i'm gonna need a reaction or i'm gonna need them to respond to that or this scene went in a completely different direction because that was supposed to be this way and then they took it so it was a massive jigsaw puzzle just trying and trying to solve it took a lot of time and a lot of banging heads against the wall but yeah it was super complicated it was 
not the right way to make a movie. Did you edit this yourselves? Yeah, edited the movie. I had help from an assistant editor and then the RVFX supervisor had to do his own sort of editing just because of all the, there's 600 VFX shots. That was one VFX artist. So it was really a mom and pop operation. This was really like a home movie that we just like, that really shot in different people's houses. And we're trying to pass it off as a real Hollywood film, but it was like really just like a small, scrappy little indie project that we just really made ourselves. I think you should be really proud of it because it doesn't look like a home movie. It looks like the real deal. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It worked hard. Thank you guys for your time. This was fantastic. I I really enjoyed the movie and I hope more people get to check it out. Thank Great. you so well, much. Thank you. I hope your listeners will all go <laughs> out and will watch it.
you got to accept God's love. You must be born again. You've got to repent of your sins. Have your sins washed in the precious blood that Jesus had shed at the cross of Calvary. Yes. Anyone for Christ will be saved, justified, make God a new heaven and earth. But anyone against Christ will be lost.